towards the end of COVID is what sort of was the kick drive to be like, right, you know, I want to actually go and live my life almost. You know, open it Christmas Day. And by Boxing Day, I'd already finished it. Yeah, I, he just captured me in a way that sort of no other book has. Hi, I'm Erin Velak, and I've made it my mission to interview the members of the University of Nottingham's student radio station, URN. Join me to uncover how our members got into student radio, what they're listening to in their free time, and their most iconic pieces of clothing that might make you recognise them as you're walking around campus. I want to know who they are when the mics aren't live, so let's find out. This is Off Air with URN. So I am here with Ben Bauer. Ben is our head of news. Well, yeah. Does other stuff as well. You've got a daytime show, I believe. Uh, Not a a daytime show. A speech show. Okay. So, hashtag spawn the Mellow Experience on Sundays, 3 till 4 p.m. So, what's the, what's the sort of, what's the word? UIP? UIP. What is that word? USP. USP. Unique selling point. What's your USP for the Mellow Experience? Uh, well, very simply, we are admittedly on the surface a rather sort of generic sort of culture chatty show. A bit of films, a bit of books, a bit of TV shows, chuck them all in, jumble, but... The twist is Jacob is, you know, as we all know, a very suave, fashionable, knowledgeable man. Um, however, myself, I'm not so knowledgeable, <laughs> to put it mildly. Before the Melbourne experience, you know, I just knew nothing about culture. Like You could probably sit here and list about 10 films that or TV, anything that I should have known and probably wouldn't know, 9 out of 10, which is very tragic. But, you know, Jacob is educating me, and that's the sort of... The twist of the show. That's quite sweet. Did you know Jacob before starting the show, or was it? Was no, it's um, it's quite an interesting backstory actually. How me and Jacob met. There we are. The the uh, Jacob Edwards uh, Aaron Vlack interview. Um, because basically I had already sort of conceived the Melob experience as just sort of a a book discussion show because we didn't have anything on that on URN like that at the time. Um, sort of last year we had you know good old Alex Duke as our head of speech. Um. And I finally got the green light for it in February last year. And my first show on a Sunday, it was, you know, I was all sort of anxious, ready to go, ready to rumble. Um, well, last second, uh, literally on the Saturday, it got cancelled. And and so he sort of rescheduled me for the next Sunday afterwards. And in that sort of week uh, between the cancelled show and my first actual show, I happened to bump into Jacob in the office um, because Jacob was not part of URN at all, and he had o- he only came to the office to pick up, I believe it was either a picture or a hoodie, on behalf of Ellen, who used to do singing snitchels, um, legend. And so, you know, he sort of popped into the office, and we sort of, you know, had a bit of a good old little natter, good old chat, and I just happened to mention to him, oh, do you fancy sort of being a guest on, on my show to chat about books? It's like, oh, you know, that Jacob sort of North of us, oh, I'd love to, that sort, yeah. that sort of voice. <laughs> That's um, not a bad Jacob impression. No, I'm quite surprised, actually. Um, and so, yeah, he just came on to sort of my show for the, the first episode as a guest. And basically after that first show, I was like, look, this works. Do you want to just be my co-host? And, you know, Jacob sort of gotten his teeth stuck into radio ever since, really. That's really nice. He sort of fell into it because I have been asking everyone their backstories, how they got into radio, like you are in specifically. I suppose I've revealed Jacob's backstory. Yeah, then. you've given me a sneak peek for eventually Jacob I will get on here and we will get to hear 
all of his perspective of it, but that's quite fun that he fell into it. Was it called the Melob experience beforehand? Uh, yes, it was. So um, that's really interesting because I always assumed it was Mella and Jacob put together. Yes. Well, that's how I sort of, you know, when I open the show, that's how I sort of say it, you know, in sort of the long intro script, I'm like, mm. well, what? Is the Melob experience? Well, very good question. It's simply a combination of Mel and Ob. Um, very, very handy. Because I think um, that's what I've heard. I've heard you say that yes, before. So that, that's that is, what I that is it was. the line, will you say, as you say. But um, I was really struggling for a name for the, you know, the Ben Mellow book show as it sort of originally was. And I Melob was simply a placeholder because I couldn't think of anything better. And the reason I chose Melob was because that is my B&Q work login. Oh. Malibu 7 so whoops a daisy oh well oh well worked out handily it works well you do work at B&Q I've heard you mention that a couple of times yes. do you love it do you hate it I I mean obviously you don't have to say anything that's going to get you fired on air but if you no. want to that'd be really good What what's it like behind the I don't know well very handily uh, <laughs> behind the orange behind behind the painting um, in the pot mm. well it's actually a really good company to work for. You know, I'm not going to just sit here and sort of pretend that I'm being, you know, like a, a paid B&Q sponsor. Um, but my work sort of my, my work at B&Q sort of predates actually going to university. I started in sixth form. Um, you know, young sort of little dweeb, 16-year-old Ben. Um, started B&Q, part-time, decor department. And yeah, it's just a really... Well, the store I work at is a really good, is a really good place to work because... Oh, it's always a bit cheesy, a bit corny, but it is sort of like a family. You know, everyone sort of gets that is on. It's nice, though, because I've worked some places where no one really speaks to each other. And no. no one wants to speak to each other. But that's the thing. It's, um, you know, it is a job that I genuinely care about, which is, you know, quite rare for a student part time retail job. Um, but I think it's just because the company looks after me well. So I, you know, sort of look out for them uh, back. Um, so, you know, sort of just a hashtag spawn the Ben Meller. Um, I have received sort of two awards for my uh, service to B&Q so um, I sort of have like little ch short line of names so I've got the excellence award and I have the together award for teamwork Aww. so love that place probably That's a bit really too much I know that was a bit of a off the topic but I, I've only heard you kind of say positive things about it mm. and are you are you looking for a sort of a little? Oh, I'm a little a bit of an expose, but it's okay. An expose. Um, I'm not really, but I would. I do think I now associate you with B and Q. Also, your umbrella. Yes. The B and Q umbrella. I think that's what it is. So now, when I go past a B and Q, I might not think Ben, but if I see a B and Q umbrella, I will like. That is Ben Miller. Well, because the B and Q umbrellas are available for customer use, quite simply because they're there, just like in a tub yeah. for customers going into the garden centre. And I sort of just one evening when I was absolutely chucking it down, I just sort of said to the manager, "Look, can I not? It's not that I want it, but can I just borrow it for an extended period of time?" And he just said, "Well, so long it comes back one day." <laughs> so yeah, that's sort of uh, that's how I sort of ended up with that umbrella. Um, but before the moment is gone, I will say that um, you know being Q has not always been smooth sailing. <gasps> I know scandalous. Um, where I am now on the uh, the old checkouts, uh, very lovely. Um, but not to go sort of too in detail. Um, sort of my time towards the end of the decor department was a bit uh, a bit mixed, partly because I had a lot of sort of personal stuff going on. Um, so my performance just wasn't that good, which obviously the company gets on your back about because you know. They want you selling things. Yeah, they want you selling things. So, you know, my performance wasn't all the way there, but it, wasn't, it was never never shocking. 
Um, but then I think sort of the manager of the deck or sort of one of those, like if the second you're sort of on that naughty list, you know, it's just over. And yeah, um, they became rather not very pleasant, but they've left the store now. So, you know, happy days. All's well that ends well. Oh, well, exactly. I, we can't try to say the phrase. I'd stumble it. All's well that ends well. Yeah, no, I did do that, right? I, I said it, and then I was like, that's that's not the Taylor Swift lyric. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my brain goes to. Um, we briefly spoke a bit about how the Melob experience started. Yes. But how did you actually join URM? Was Ooh. it a planned thing? Was it not planned? No. Did you go to uni thinking, radio's the one for me? Well, this is what confuses a lot of people, because a lot of people just assume that I'm in my second year, because this is my second year of URM. But I'm not. I'm an old fogey. You're you my know, age. <laughs> I'm your age. I'm sort of in my third year. And URN was kind of just a happy accident because um, when I went to the Freshers' Fair, sort of, well, September 2021. So when you were starting second year? When I was starting second year, yeah. The, sort of the first year, you know, back in person from COVID, my first actual in-person year of university. Um, you know, I had a, I was very excited. I took my sister because this was still when I was battling with a, a panic disorder, so I couldn't go alone. And so, you know, sort of have had like a nice little wander around all the stalls. Um, spoke to NSTV. Um, spoke to Impact and you know sort of uh, I briefly spoke to URN on the outside tent not in the actual sort of main stall inside and so you know sort of had the idea of all these sort of free media zones sort of ruminating in my head was media zone something you were looking for in general were no no thinking, no it was uh, or it's just what caught your eye it's what caught my eye it was sort of a happy accident I've always sort of been interested in sort of filming stuff doing little knickknacks um, you know, some people will know about my infamous sort of bat out of hell music video. Um, that was done, you know, well before anything to do with media zone, TV, radio, that sort of thing. Um, and I've, you know, made little videos in the past, um, cause it's, you know, it's just something that I really enjoy. Um, and so, yeah, you know, sort of when I saw them at the fair, it's not something I had any, I had no idea about any society before I went to that fair. Um, and so, you know, sort of took the leaflets, went to the sort of open, sort of open studio, open office, open TV station day. And sort of in my head, I had it that TV was first, then the magazine, and then didn't really give a thought about the radio because I thought, oh, radio. Um, but then I sort of got a personal tour of the studio by Jack and Emily, I believe, because um, I was sort of the only one who, because everyone was, the impact off it was was rammed yeah. um i do find that i think people tend to sort of um when they're going to the studio tour and stuff like that they sort of congregate where everyone else is yeah because person going no i want to see that thing mm, and you, so, unless I, like that's like your goal but i feel like you get a lot of whenever i see all the sort of even the school groups coming around you know they'll all go to one of the three they'll yes never go to all of them for the school groups it just depends if the people inside just like yeah. uh feeling to show them around but the little tour that I got given by Jack and M because it was so personalised and because I saw like the office social space and I saw the actual studio and the equipment just wowed me. And so I thought, wow, okay, this is you know something that I'd actually consider and look into doing. And well, you know, sign up for a Pulse panel, uh, go to a bit of studio training and here I am. So was the Pulse your your way into your end then? Oh yeah. So news was the only thing that I did at the start. Like I say, the Mellow experience only started in sort of February uh, last year, so sort of halfway through my second year. Um, and so news was what I began. I just was a Pulse panellist and, you know, eventually sort of midway through the term, signed up for two Pulses, then uh, second se semester, yeah. uh, if that's it, yeah. Signed up to host and then, you know, this year I'm head of news. So good old story. But yeah, news was what I began with and sort of my entryway despite 
Um, you know, perhaps sometimes having a bit of a reputation for being the more boring side of the station. You know, clearly it resonated with me somehow. <laughs> Maybe I'm a boring person. You never know. Is news what attracted you to urine in the first place? Like, did you go into it thinking, yes, news is the bit I want to do. That's the bit that's interesting me. Or was it more... I don't know what to do. News is the easy option. When you first started, obviously mm. things have changed now. Now you know, and you're very comfortable being head of news and you're very, you know, pushing, pushing out the boat. Actually, what we do with news, I'd say, and you're very much trying to always make it better. But was that, was the passion there to start with or did the passion grow from just starting it? I think, oh, it's sort of like, um, I'd say it's probably a mix of the two because I only knew that I wanted to do news after the sort of welcome fair and obviously when they tell you like oh this is what news does for example and so I thought oh that's right up my street I actually went and spoke to because that's when I first sort of looked into getting the book show as well it just only got put on air on February um, which quite luckily actually because then otherwise I would have never met Jacob and Jacob would have never got involved with radio that sort of domino effect um, the dress, best dressed at the SRA. No, honestly, what what an, what an accolade for him to have, and very deserved. They should actually give that as an award. Um, but yeah, because after sort of my first or second show, um, sort of you know after the studio training, um, that sort of thing, you know, right from that very those very first few weeks of doing the news, I was already thinking in my head, sort of, I want to be running this next year. Yeah, thinking the ideas you wanted to put in place. It's not that I. Maybe I'm just, a, maybe I am an ambitious person. I don't know. But it's not that, I wouldn't say that I was sort of, you know, being ambitious, sort of already thinking about that early, but it's just something that I could really see myself fitting into. And I think, you know, I've sort of proven younger Ben uh, correct in a way, hopefully, uh, depending on my performance review from the lovely Liv Hughes. You never know. Is she going to give you one, sit you down and go, Ben, listen? Listen, I always play into the joke that she is my boss and constitutionally she is my boss. So, you know, yeah. uh, we all serve a higher power and that higher power is Liv Hughes. That is true. Even though Liv serves a higher power, but at the end yeah. of the day, she, she probably is the highest of powers. Mm, as we know. Lovely lady. Right there. Um, you're talking about books. You're talking about how your interest at first was also doing this book show. Mm -hmm. And the Mel experience became what it's become now. So you're talking a lot more culture stuff, but... Have books always been a, a, a lifelong passion? Are you an avid reader or is it just like, I could talk about books? I feel like, uh, I feel like I've got a backstory for everything, really. Um, That's what I want. That's, uh, this is like the kinds of questions I, I never ask anyone, but <laughs> I, I kind of had hidden deep down in my brain. That's but what I'm thinking. There we are. I'm finally sort of satisfying those deep inner thoughts. Yes. And it's the Ben Expose. Yes. The, I'm going to call everything an Expose now. The Ben Expose. Um no, I actually hated reading for most of my life. It's only in sixth form during my second, first or second year. Mm. No, it would have been my first year. Um, first year of sixth form, year 12. Um, that's when I got into reading because I'd read um, Heartstopper by Alice Oseman, the very lovely webcomic, which then became a printed graphic novel, which is now very famously sort of a Netflix show. Um, you know, hashtag spawn. I was, I was there before the show. What can I say? <laughs> Um, and I only got into reading because I saw that Alice had also written books as well. And in fact, that was, that's her origins sort of as she, 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 she is, she is an author. author. Um, and so I read, I uh, for Christmas of 29, 2018, mm -hmm. I got the book Solitaire by Alice Oseman, her first book that she wrote. Um, and I just read it 
I well, obviously, you know, open at Christmas Day, and by Boxing Day, I'd already finished it. Yeah, I uh, it just lovely. captured me in a way that sort of no other book has, and very it's only very recently I've sort of been captured by a book in sort of the same capacity, sim- a book that has similarities to Solitaire, ironically. Um, but then that's just that's just where my sort of passion for reading began, really, and I realised that oh, this is something that I can really you know fall into and enjoy and you know get really sort of immersed into a book you know sometimes I'd feel like almost discombobulated when I stopped reading and feel like whoa yes that sort of like 20 minutes I think once you've if you've been reading for several hours you kind of just go okay the real world exists <laughs> yeah. and I'm slowly coming to terms with it unfortunately coming to terms yeah, with it so- um but yeah so that just sort of kicked off my passion really and then I read the rest of Alice's books um up to I was born for this because that was the latest book out at the time now she has Loveless out also a very good book um and then yeah just started expanding into other authors and what was that sort of like springboarding journey so you went alice osman did her complete works and then were you thinking i want books with similar themes i want books written sort of for a similar audience or did you just go what's what's next and just whatever fell into your lap at that point i actually can't remember what i read after that after after those books um i could guess roughly some of the early books like the captive prince trilogy which is uh, do not read that if you're under 18 um but yeah it's sort of the similar genre anyways that i was reading so sort of young adult fiction um nothing in particular you know it could have been a fantasy so for example what i just mentioned captive prince that's sort of set in a medieval sort of setting and then you know other books such as ah what's it called um I'll get back to it, but there's another one sort of like, for example, another example is The Gravity of Us, which is another YA fiction. Uh, Most of them tend to be sort of LGBT as a, you know, as a a bonus. Um, Yeah, that's another one. So that's set in the modern day about this sort of reality TV show with these sort of astronauts. Um, So I really don't care what sort of the setting is mainly or genre to a certain extent. So long as it's sort of YA fiction, has like a little subtle subtle bit of romance. You know, I'm a I'm a happy man, basically. That's very much sort of, I'd guess, my my tastes in books. I love a bit of YA fiction. I love mm. that um, audience. So it's actually really, I find it really interesting that you've got into reading a lot later in life because mm. I was a big reader when I was younger and have very much um, sort of fallen out of habit with it. Not fallen out of love, but fallen out of habit. I just I find it a lot harder to read these days, probably because I'm on my mm. phone too much. See, I have as well, actually. I haven't completed a book in quite a while mm. uh, mainly because my last book i tried to read was a dnf um twilight don't recommend not not a very good book um but i suppose sort of the most ca- longest book series i've read is probably the harry potter seventology is it yeah i was gonna ask actually about that because i a lot of people cite harry potter as what got them into reading did you Mm. read harry potter and similar books at a young age no 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 actually i never once you decided once i started reading and even then it took me till um until september of last year actually to actually finally read all of the books and i really really enjoyed them um and I'd ne- I've never seen the films or anything like that. I'd never read the books, seen the films. You know, I always thought Harry was a Hufflepuff, um, which apparently is not the case. <laughs> just because like, Hufflepuff, it does make sense. Yeah, just because I hear... names. Yeah, so just because a lot of people always spoke about being a Hufflepuff, thought, oh, yeah, the, the main <laughs> character must be a Hufflepuff. But no, as it turns out, no. Um, I see what you mean by you're not 
necessarily prone to knowing a lot about popular culture. Yeah, whoops a daisy. Um, There's nothing wrong with it. No, but, you know, just for all the listeners out there, I am uh, a Ravenclaw with a very close Gryffindor in second. So, I, uh, To be honest, I think that's what the listeners would want to know. Well, there we go. All is revealed. You're not particularly knowledgeable about popular culture, but something you are very knowledgeable about is politics. Some say. Some say. What's been your journey, your history with politics? Is it a big family influence or have you just kind of... You like, to be honest, the reason I like politics to an extent is the story. I like to fictionalise it, which is why I struggle a lot with modern politics because mm. I don't like having to... Things keep changing. Keeping up with it, I really struggle with sometimes because it takes a lot of effort. I don't know how you and other members of the Pulse do it. But I love the sort of history of it and the... Almost, as I say, almost fictionalizing it and making the like stories, and that's who these people were, and kind of looking at it from that lens. Um, but yeah, as I say, you're very good at keeping on the pulse with it all. Hashtag spawn. Hashtag spawn, exactly. Well, how do you find that? It's interesting because my family, to an extent, actually is. Well, my extended family is a little bit politically involved, not massively. Um, but it's something that I was never really aware of until I actually, not even when I first got interested in politics, but when as I started um, becoming a URN sort of presenter and needed to sort of, you know, discover all of these different things. And like, oh, turns out my family actually has done stuff related. Um, so my my parents have nothing to do with politics. They're just sort of you'd, at bog standard average sort of working to middle class family. Um, but my granddad was a union leader at his coal mine and my oh, my uncle um step uncle technically but we don't really care about that he's just been my uncle for my whole life um he's also sort of a, a union representative as well so weirdly have sort of a very union background which is you know not probably not surprising to anyone given my um rather sort of a little bit of left-wing belief. You know, I dabble in unions, that sort of thing. Um, but my interest in politics really sort of kick-started in A-levels. You know, most of my sort of character development has been rather recently. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. You know, we might cover that, we might not. That's up to... We'll see where your questioning goes. Um, we'll see how sort of far back into the personal life you go. <laughs> but, yeah, basically I just chose politics... Um, as a as a subject at a levels and it's simply because i just enjoyed reading the news a lot that was the surface level enjoyment i got out of it and that's what made me pick it and then here i am a little bit full circle yeah here i am year three on a politics degree now sort of looking back to go into journalism so you know it's almost like a full little tumble it is funny these things that i i have been noticing that a lot recently you know with doing i've done radio for my full three years at uni I've been very involved as much as I can be and stuff like that. And I always knew I was going to come into radio. I didn't know what, know what I wanted to do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the only reason I wanted to do it was because my dad did it at uni and said it was the best thing he's ever done. He loved student radio. He only did it in his last year and he said it was amazing. And so I always kind of was like, if the... I didn't pick... Some people pick their unis based on the radio station. This is sort of what I was going to yeah. quickly mention now that you've said that. Loads of people in URN and wider sort of student radio stations get into it because like they know someone who did it or, you know, it's sort of a passion that they've always mm. wanted to pursue. 
nah, lost on me. Yeah, I can't even explain it because it's never been a passion. It's never, I've thought, oh, I want to be on radio. I've always had a really big thing for podcasts, I will say. Um, and I remember when I was younger, my dream, I say younger, when I was about 16, my brain went, I want a podcast. I just, I want a podcast because I started to realise I really like talking. So, you know, that does, that does help a bit. Um, and yeah, but I just, I've spoken to so many people who have, had this sort of either deep-rooted interest in it but I I feel like I'm a bit more like you kind of I didn't quite fall into it because I had a bit of a plan but what I've realized with my tastes and what I want to do with radio at least what I've been doing with URN I love the Aaron and Joe show little plug have to I actually haven't brought up the Aaron and Joe show the entire time I've done any of these well there we go and I've done about six of these now so (laughs) you know what I'm proud of myself um but I love talking about British popular culture in the sense of X Factor, what's going on in the TV, things like that. My favourite show was X Factor when I was younger. I was obsessed. I knew all the gossip about every single person and that was my big thing. And it really, I've very, very recently, it's been starting to feel a bit full circle, a bit, oh, I really liked that as a kid. And now now I'm older, I'm recognising what I liked about that and that actually I do still like it because, which I'm, a bit of a tangent, but anyway... I kind of get what you, I was trying to say, I get what you mean with, you read a lot of news when you were younger, didn't really think much of it. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, actually, (laughs) oh, actually, it's all making sense now. It's all coming together as a nice, happy jigsaw. Yeah. And you accidentally are pursuing your passions that you didn't necessarily know were a passion. Mm. So, you know, what can I say? A nice, happy accident. And, you know, I've quite enjoyed my degree as well, sort of politics, you know, much more enjoyed the radio. But then again, I think anyone in this radio station would say that. <laughs> that is a very common thing. What would you say has been your favourite module in your politics degree? Module? Ooh. Or it can be a certain um, coursework or something. Like I know you guys do mostly coursework. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, I think I do have a favourite module. Um, and that was sort of in second year, a module called Democracy and Its Critics, mm. which... You know, political theory was sort of something I thought would always be at the very bane bottom barrel of dredges of existence within my brain, because it's sort of the whole big high concept, abstract thinking, thinkers, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But democracy and its critics really highlighted to me sort of my passion in d- democratic political theory to, to specify and looking at all these different thinkers, you know, the passionate sort of presentate, presentating, presenting. Um, and lecturing from Gulshan Khan, Hugo Draken, those sort of sorts of lecturers, it really sort of inspired me in a way. And my, you know, Gulshan Khan is now my dissertation supervisor, partly because of what I did in Democracy and its Critics. I enjoyed it so much. And, you know, all, especially just the theories of democracy, that's sort of my bread and butter. Um, so my current dissertation, for example, is it's got a bit of Twitter in there, got a cheeky bit of British general election in there, but the main meat is mainly sort of. Robert Dahl's sort of theories of polyarchy and contestation and participation. Bundle it up. Bosh, there we go. go. But uh, I won't ramble too too far on that. But yes, democracy and its critics is uh, sort of my answer for the favourite. I think the best way to describe my favourite module I've done to you is what you've done, but make it maths. Make it maths? I'll show you later. Math theory? No, it's, um, I had a module called political economy and I'm doing it again this year. Is that the one by Vince Cable? No. Oh. That's the politics of economics and the economics of politicians. I also love that module. Um, it was really interesting. But no, this is very much... Um, I'll show it to you. It's very mathematical models-ish, things like that. A lot of like sort of game theory, if you've heard of that term. 
um and but it's to do with voting patterns not Ooh. patterns to do with um how you set up uh voting strategies as a party and how you sort of like can go about winning elections and things like that i'll show it to you as i say as you've been describing it I, and it's a very for me it's such a module that's such a visual thing because we did a lot of visual diagrams and stuff like that mm. um and it was sort of like a lot of like a timeline and it'd be left wing right wing what right wing, wing. And then it'd be like, okay, this party's here, this party's here. If we're doing a whatever kind of majority, where should I put it myself so I will get voted in? And the cost... Ooh, that sort of stuff. That sort of stuff. So, I did something similar in the module, How Voters Decide. Very mm. good module. So I feel, and I'm doing it again this semester, and it's my favourite module of all time. And it's very, it's very much that sort of, nothing to do with politics at all. We did not mention that one bit. Um it's all the all the sort of maths behind it weirdly which is igniting your passion but, it has been then again what is your degree economics i, I was going to say i thought it was economics because in yeah. my very first year i did politics and economics and i was just simply out of my depth with the maths so did you do maths a level no didn't do economics at a level either but this university didn't require that yes so i thought it'd be all right but no <laughs> I, I think you can be all right you just need an extra push and mm, i would say actually, and i just the, I, I think I think bothered. having done maths at A level is important because you've had two years of continuing to practice maths. Hmm. Rather than the maths being difficult per se, it's more you have to keep practicing maths. Yeah. And, and if you haven't done it for two years, then like differentiating, you're like, what on earth is that? And this was sort of the whole, the entirety of the year was online, so the engagement was just wasn't really there. Tough as well. So anyway. best decision I ever made was swapping out of that. Yeah. Honestly, otherwise I'd probably not be here at URN. I'd probably be crying I, I, somewhere. I will say during my first year, I was thinking, oh, I kind of wish I'd done politics <laughs> and economics or like economics in history or something, you know, with it. But um, I'm, I'm happy enough now, let's, let's say. Well, we love a happy Erin. We do. I try. I try to be happy. A uh, little bit random. Random. I'm going to take us down a slightly different route. Curveball. We've had a lot of history of Ben Miller. So now I want you to surprise us. Surprise you? Yeah. What would you say would be your specialist subject if you're going on something like Mastermind, some sort of TV game show, and they say, we need a specialist subject, Ben. Right. What's, what are you picking? It's just... It can be as I've random. I've never seen Mastermind, so... Uh, very fitting. Um, <laughs> so it's sort of just... How specific is this? Does it have to be sort of a subject? Can I just say something really specific? Or? You can go very niche. Um, we've had things very like niche. Pokemon. We've had things like Kids TV okay. from the year 2000 to 2010. Um, you know, whatever sort of category you think you know enough about to be asked questions mm. on. I'll go for... I would say capital cities, but I feel that that's a bit overdone, a bit sort of cliche. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go for instead, you know, throw, throw a curveball in there. Ooh, right. This has got me thinking. <laughs> Probably just... This is really sad. I just don't think I have sort of that specialisation. I'll go for so, capital cities. I've, capital cities? You yeah. know a fair few of them? A fair few. I'm rusty, but I'm not the worst in the world. Fair enough, fair enough. That that works. That works as a topic. Um, That's a bit of a random question I like to throw okay. in there a bit. And it wasn't what I was expecting you to say. What would you have expected? I don't know. I really don't know. I just, well, I, you know, this is sort of an existential crisis, but I just don't feel spe like specialised in or particularly passionate about any 
one thing you know mm. like some people will be able to tell you about the 1973 super gold suplex edition pokemon card i don't yeah. even know if pokemon was around then um or you know other people will be able to go into the sort of the talking about really obscure sort of never heard of band before you know yeah jonkhurst um I will but, say that was exactly their answer. Yes. <laughs> it's a very niche type of music I've never heard of from 2015 onwards. I was like, great. Fantastic. But I just, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm a bit too jack of all trades you never know. Yeah. I, I've struggled at school. I had many an existential crisis over the fact I was like, but I don't have any passions. But what makes mm. me like... Tick as a person. And I do wonder if that's partially because... Um, I hate to say it, in this day and age, we do see a lot of almost caricatures of people um, portraying themselves on the internet and things like that because you need to have an identifiable characteristic there mm. so that people can go, oh, you're the person who did this. You know, if you're trying to get big on the internet or just trying to be a character in some sort of TV show so that we have an immediate connection with you and um, as a character. And I was like, I don't, I don't have any defining, you know, traits. I'm not like the one who does ballet. Mm. I'm not the one who does this. So. Uh, I mean, I suppose you could say I'm the guy who does news, but that's uh, you. You know, I couldn't really answer a quiz on that. You know, oh, what, well, what you time? Could. I mean, you could certainly try. You but... could do, I don't know, Brexit headlines or something like oh, that. Oh no, no, <laughs> cancelled. Not doing that. No, never send news. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, would you say that there is a stereotype about around news? In what way? Um, in sort of more a radio Guran perspective, because you know we all, we have these stereotypes like the daytimer, the after darker, and I don't think I've ever really heard of one for news. Do you think there's something that unites um, you all together, other than a love of news? I think the majority of people who are interested in news tend to be there for political reasons obviously political news is for the most part just considered news mm. um like for example you'll have you'll have um sports journalists so you'll have law journalists so you have food journalists wooden furniture journalists but if it's some you don't have i mean you technically do but political journalists you know people just consider journalists yes. so uh, most of the people in news are there for political reasons, especially those that are on the pulse. Mm. Um, but I've been trying to branch away from that. You know, for example, you, you've done reporting with us before. Um, we have sort of a very nice star-studded list of people ready to do news bulletins. Um, stereotypes. I don't think you can really stereotype news purely because I think you can stereotype the pulse. I think, you, you know... I think if you had to you know, sort of be a bit a bit crass, you know, white men who love the sound of their own voice. I think that's a good stereotype for the pulse. Um, I will say, I, I do say um, anyone who is a part of radio, they do it because they love the sound of their own voice. Well, what can I say? That's as what people work As much as you might say. not like the sound of your voice listening to it back, if you do radio, you want to be talking, you want to be spreading things. You want to be audience. heard. Exactly. Maybe that's what it is. We're just a group of people who've never been heard before. Maybe. Or been heard too much. <laughs> mm, I, I would <laughs> Maybe go, that's our problem. I'd go for the former on that one. Yeah. You know, that, but that's a deep sort of yeah, Ben Mallow. We law. don't need to go down that. Well, it depends how sort of uh, personal you want this sort of interview to be, I suppose. It's up to you. 
I mean, if you want to ask sort of personal life history questions, you may go for it. I'm, I've always been very open to talk about that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I'll let you sort of go through the nice, fun stuff first. I'm, I'm doing my nice shallow surface level, my, my happy things, as I like to call them. Um, speaking of, one of the one of the questions we like to we like to have here on my podcast off air with URN um, is radio is a very much non-visual indeed um but people will be very let's say we've got some avid listeners listening to every show they'll know your voice they know mm. your voice but if they're walking around campus how would they recognize that's Ben Meller over there do you have a distinct style? Do you have a distinct um, iconic item of clothing? Are you always in a pair of Vans? I wear Heelys most of the time. I will say that is a big... That is That's a big. probably my most distinctive feature. I just wear Heelys all the time. I've got two mm. pairs at the moment. I'm looking to buy more because they're getting a bit beat up. Is it because of the, the wheel and the heel? Or is it, <laughs> or what, is it in, just in ter- the fit of them? I don't know. I just think the comfortable shoes yeah. are usually quite not tight fitting as well because you know they need to be flexible for you to flex i need to be quite while, sturdy as well so i imagine yes, they last you know, while quite you well. will so they you know they've lasted quite well my original heelys are sort of chafed a bit sort of on the around the fabric but that's natural you know i use them for literally everything <laughs> very comfortable though still still to this day they're just not very waterproof anymore um but heelys probably the most notable thing i'm usually seen in my urn stash most of the time um but i wouldn't particularly say that would be too recognizable really um you know sort of you've got people like john kirst who you look at john kirst and you say yeah that's a that's a you know alternative music enjoyer yes um you look at joe you see joe i'll leave it at that um joe always looks like he's just come back from a holiday when he shaved his beard he looked like a minecraft youtuber Mm. That that's what that was my Not perspective. A specific Minecraft just, YouTuber, just, just a Minecraft, a Minecraft YouTuber. Joe the Minecraft YouTuber. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at someone like I can't think of any more examples, but I think I blend in rather quite well. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. My Heelys are probably. I sort think of the Heelys are a big one. If I ever see someone, you know, rolling down rolling down the hill, I can't remember what that hill's called. Uh, the Downs. Yeah. But there's also like outside Portland down to Keaton Auditorium. Oh. The road. The road. <laughs> the road the bus goes up. The road the bus. Well, not anymore. Not anymore? Mm, sort of. Um, it goes ob- up and down to East Drive. Oh, it does. Yeah, it still does that. It still yes. does that. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, we we yeah. are talking about the roadworks and things that are going on. Yeah, love news. <laughs> it is news. It is news. We, we are. You Do you have plans for a weather report to be part of the URN schedule? Uh, no, no? Um, because I believe what you're referring to is our advertisement for a weather reporter recently yes. um, bestowed upon the very lovely Margot Howell and also the very lovely Isabel Morris. Yes. Um, but the brief of the weather reporter was actually more sort of a online content engager. Okay. So it's interesting because I sort of p- propositioned it almost half as a joke role um, based on weather reports that we did on the Megapulse, which were... Um, comedic in nature depending and actually on you. speaking to Margot she said she used to do that on her show as well yes exactly yeah. um, and so it's more the weather reporter role just to quickly hashtag spawn it is more sort of people producing fun content for news you know I'm a a busy guy as they say um, so just them to sort of bring a bit of passion a bit of life mm. into the news account a bit of fun a bit of laughs 
and uh, you know just get more people to engage with our content that's quite nice i was going to suggest a traffic update but Mm, very <laughs> maybe, maybe that kind of falls into that maybe actually i'll go, I'll and go traffic reporter i'll go stand down by the tram and be like guys we've got eight minutes till the tram's coming eight minutes <laughs> run from portland now yeah that sort of thing the oh. buses are outside they've been waiting here for a few minutes we were expecting the 36 to have left two minutes ago however it's still here Due to roadworks, as per usual, every bus ever has been delayed by half an hour. Good luck if you ever wanted to turn up. Exactly. That kind of thing. That would be quite fun, I think. Um, all right. I'm trying to think what's left on my question. My must-ask questions. Your must-ask questions. I've got a list of must-ask questions. Ooh. One of them is, what would you say has been your proudest achievement in, in life? In life, not just URN. It can be a URN thing if you think URN is your proudest achievement. It can be a very shallow thing. It can be a very deep thing. It's completely open-ended and however you want to take it okay uh oh well steady on (laughs) you know uh, um my proudest achievement probably overcoming my panic disorder Mm. you know i've never really contemplated that as an answer until i've just started thinking about it now you know i could say sort of tangible things you know like oh the news team this year or the Melbourne experience, or, you know, this mock general election I ran in sixth form. Or even winning your B&Q awards. Even winning my B&Q awards. Um, but no, probably overcoming my panic disorder is what I'd consider my most proudest achievement. Um, I mean, I can go into that, you know, if you want me to sort if you of... Wanna, if you want to. Sure, why not? Um, so my panic disorder was something that I'd suffered with ever since secondary school. And it was something that I dealt with uncontrolled for about eight years. And, you know, it's eight years of my life that I'll never get back. Um, Just to put it into perspective, sort of at September time, well, September time 2021, you know, just as a prelude to my second year in joining URN, you know, I could not walk down to the end of my street and I could not drive more than 10 minutes away from home. And it used to be sort of even worse, you know, I'd suffered the... Terrible panic attacks. Debilitating? That's the word I'm looking for. Um, You know, I'd suffer horrific panic panic attacks no matter what I'd sort of try and do. And, you know, it was a complete dampener on sort of my quality of life. Um, And something that I just left sort of unchecked for eight years because it's something that you sort of tell, you know, you'll have your good days and you'll tell yourself, oh. I'm fine now. Yeah, you know, I'm all right. I don't need to get seek help for this. And, you know, it's eight years of my life where I was just compared to what I am now I was just a shell of a person really you know a bit bit dramatic but you know it's the only way I can really sort of put it into spe- perspective really especially with all the stuff that I do now um now you know my two years at URN and sort of two years of in-person university have really sort of been the peak of my life really um you know it I've never been able to do stuff anything like I have been able to for the past two years and it's only very recently that I've been able to do like just just coming here today for example is something that two years ago would have been terrifying I I, you know I remember on my studio training the entire time I was struggling with with a panic attack and I you know I could barely pay attention to what they were saying and like I was on the verge of passing out the whole time but you know I, I went through sort of you know I finally went and saw sought help sort of towards the end of first year of university because I thought well it got to the stage where I was no longer I was just over it you know I I, I wanted to 
I wanted to actually go and live a fulfilling life where I can do whatever it was I wanted to do, go out and do whatever I wanted to do. Was there anything that was sort of like that final straw that pushing moment that led to that or was it sort of just an accumulation over time that it started to click in your head that maybe mm. help was needed well it was it's, it's a bit of both really because it's sort of you know it over time is like it started to also impact my work at B&Q mm. um, as you know I was sort of looking to the fact that university was going to become in person again and there I was you know someone unable to you know partake in these sorts of things and miss out on what is supposed to be the best time of your life do you think COVID sort of exacerbated it a little bit in the fact that you were then um, forced to be at home, sort of maybe in your comfort space more so, and then all of a sudden you, you get used to that a little bit and then having to branch back out from that? Do you think that made it a little bit harder? It exacerbated it a touch. Mm. Not as much as it could have done because I still had to go to work and, you know, during like that... you still were... And yeah, and during that time frame, I, you know, I also passed my driving test as well, which was terrifying. Um, but the thing is, as I was, I was always bad. The only things I used to be able to do really was go to school and then, you know, sort of go back home. Anything sort of outside of that sort of remit was out of question, really. Um, but yeah, sort of the end towards the end of COVID is what sort of was the kick drive to be like, right, you know, I want to actually go and live my life almost. Um, and, you know, sort of to get exact you know sort of specific events that sort of like kick-started me seeking therapy um <laughs> had a uh this is sort of is this be day, if you daytime yeah you know we'll see um well i sort of had a friends with benefits at the time oh we could talk about we that. can talk about that and li- i was literally just for the most part unable to go and go and see them and you know i had to rely on them coming to see me um and so that was rather annoying <laughs> um and so that's one of the one of the many reasons why yeah. i finally sought out treatments um the other one is that i you know just you know it wasn't just a friends with benefits with benefits you know she was genuinely a good friend of mine and you know it and one of sort of the first actual friends i ha- i had that's sort of a whole other kind of worms um and so it frustrated me that i was not able to go out and just do things as a friend and that is what pushed me to go and sort of seek therapy, you know. And so I began therapy sort of September 2021, uh, sort of the start of, your, you know, my time at URN. Okay. Uh, and I was in therapy until March of last year. And the only way I can describe it is that it was life-changing for me, really. Yeah. So, you know, here I, I am. Say, isn't you, as much as I know things that are very much mental are they they often don't uh, other people you know it's not they don't become a physical thing it's like what i'm trying to say you got this right the words are in my head they're just not coming out what i'm trying to say is i there's never something i have known about you so thank you firstly for sharing for sharing your story um and i never would have guessed you know and it's not like Hmm. i'd go out guessing for you know struggles people have been through and things like that but um You've always seemed fairly kind of confident and very able and wanting to do things. But I think that's because I've seen you in one, one slice of your life, which is yes, URN. You've seen and me... I've seen you wanting to do a lot of things with news. and Yeah, you've seen me sort of at the uh, the peak, Ben Maller. It's all downhill yeah. from here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, most of the people that I know are at university are from, well, all of them are from URN. Mm. And, so, you know, they've you know, always sort of seen me as I am now, which is sort of probably for the best, you know, we'll leave sort of 
crusty Ben in the past. Um, that is part of the point of university, you know, to to find your little bit and to change and to realise the bits you want to change. Mm. Be that as superficial as I had really short <laughs> hair and I that realised I hated it and I've grown my hair. You know, as superficial yeah. as that. But um, to, to as you're kind of what you were talking about, like wanting to change your life a bit and to, um, I don't know, allow yourself to have these new experiences and new things to do mm. for lack of a i don't know what else for lack of a better term for lack of a better term Aaron Villac of a better term <laughs> love a good pun um but i do just want to you know before we move on or you yeah. know, whatever else you have up your sleeve you know i just do want to say um that insight healthcare i think it's called insight a i a p t now um fantastic service yeah. um you know my therapist george Fantastic man. Shout out George. Shout out George. Um, he actually did listen into the first episode of the Mellow Experience. Really Bless him. Um, but yeah, you know, without without him and without the service as a whole, you know, I, you know, like, like I've already said, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I'd probably be just in my room, on my computer, slate, you know, just dweeb in the dark, yeah. that sort of thing. But yeah. I'm really glad because also it means I've got to meet you and got to spend lots of time with you. Love it's, news. It's lovely. It is lovely. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to big thing. ask you about that. Obviously, it is a big thing. Um, so very much thank you for sharing. Uh, you are a very open person. Whoops. And I do love that about you. Is I know that I know that anything I kind of asked or said, I don't think you would take as an insult. You wouldn't take like I was oh, trying no, to be no. mean or anything. And you, you're very open and very willing to talk about these things, which I think is mm. also really important. Well, it's also a part of, um, you know, sort of, uh, as an old fogey now, sort of, you know, teaching the younger folk, <laughs> it's okay to talk talk about these sorts of things because yeah. you know if you don't seek help, if you don't have examples of successful successful people, of people successfully seeking sort of help for those sorts of things, and even just more widely, you know, just being an open, honest person, um, you know, if you don't have those examples, then you just won't do it. Yeah. So, hashtag spawn. Big hashtag spawn, and mental health, I think, is also something that. The university and a lot of people our age sort of try and push, mm. but that doesn't always mean that it's it's becoming more talked about and things like that. No, and it it's becoming more talked about in sort of very specific scenarios. Mm. But you know, it's not like a lot of people would you know turn around to some of their friends, especially amongst men, and talk about those sorts of issues. Um, and I think, to be honest, there's it's very difficult to change those sorts of things. So I wouldn't expect it to any one initiative to be able to to sort of fix that it'll be a generational thing Um, and and i do feel that there is a lot of energy being put towards pushing things in the right direction you mentioned being a male um love man do you think being a man um hindered you in that to some extent in that process of wanting to go and seek help do you think because i i know from like personal experiences with friends and things i have a lot of female friends who um, have struggled through whatever mental health things they've struggled through and they've it's very much an open topic amongst us amongst the the women but they wouldn't necessarily share it with their male friends mm. either do I you think there's a i wouldn't necessarily say it hindered me me uh, as a man because you know most of my friends throughout my sort of lifetime have sort of been women anyways mm. um so you know i've always talked about that sort of stuff with them just not my male friends which were fewer and far between um and additionally as well you know i've always sort of felt 
Um, you know, this is a whole other can of worms. I've always felt rather disconnected from the. You know, I'm very comfortable being a, being a man, manly man. Um, but I've always felt disconnected from being a man in 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 the sense that I've never really conformed to. You know what sort of a you sort of have a conception of sort of a sporty bloke to be. Yeah. Sort of a, a manly man. You know, I've never really been that. Um, just as a brief example, um, sort of of that friend I mentioned prior. Her dog, who literally hates all men, bites, eats, just barks at them nonstop. First time he ever met me, the dog called Yogi loved me to pieces. Yeah. So clearly, secretly, I'm just, well, you never know. You don't have the, the scary man energy. No, which, you know, I think... Which is lovely. Uh, you know, what can I say? Love men, but most of them are scary. So, but that's a, that's a whole other kind of worms that, you know... We'll a little bit. Open yeah. it another time. <laughs> My, I think I'm going to do this as final question. Final question. We did. We did. What's your proudest achievement? This kind of flipped on its head a on little bit. Head. What are you looking forward to? Again, what? you can take this as as deep as you want. You can take this as shallow as you want. What's something right now that in this exact moment you're thinking, I'm quite excited for that, or I'm looking forward to that happening, or I'm looking forward to eating that pizza tonight. I'm looking forward to the next academic term. Mm. I'm looking forward to see what as a news team we do, it's sort of on the URN side of things. You know, I'm looking forward to what could very well be my last term of radio. Um, because, you know, the radio to an extent has given me my life at university and to sort of lose something that has become very a, a big normal part of my life is going to be quite terrifying so i'm looking forward till you know every day except the very last day of term um and so that's that's you know that's why i'm not thinking too far about the future um but yeah i'm just looking forward to the radio next time sort of on a generic note really yeah yeah we are on the it is worth saying we're on the precipice of the of semester 2 uh, when we're recording this so I am starting because it's in a couple of days I'm starting to get that that energy of can it just start now please <laughs> um, I don't feel like I've I've got got my week off anymore mm. but you know one weekend we'll be begging for the uh, Christmas holidays back oh, it's just always the case always except I will say I do struggle over the Christmas holidays because I have exams as well uh, right after Christmas so it's always oh, oh yeah, some. Christmas <laughs> I have exams I'm stressed about this but Anyway, that's ex- it is exciting, and you saying this might be your last semester of radio. Never thought about that for myself before, so thank you. Sorry for giving <laughs> for you such really a, such a crisis, but to really sort of paint my tragic picture, you know, to to paint a scene at yeah. home in the heads of the ladies and gentlemen mm. listening. Um, the current head and deputy of station ha- will, when I leave, will have been either head or deputy for as long th- for as long as I've been in radio altogether. Which is depressing, to say the least. (laughs) Ah, dear. But on a less depressing note, you know, I may be around in some capacity next year, you know. Teasing. um, Well, I may still be affiliated with the University of Nottingham next year. I'll I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. We'll We'll have to wait and see. Thank you, Ben, so much for being Thank you for having me. On my little podcast. And um, thank you for answering my questions in full. Thank you for being such and a that fantastic. Really sarcastic and mean, actually, and I didn't mean it like that. I just meant I've learned a lot, and I've really enjoyed hearing your sort of a lot of your backstory today, which I didn't. Ben Mellor Law, as they say. That is what it is. But thank you for being a fantastic interviewer. You've got a good knack, and I will make use of this <laughs> next time. 
<laughs> I know, I was thinking, I was like, oh great, if this interview goes well, then he's gonna he's gonna be messaging me every day. Erin, we need someone to interview someone. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. Ben has been an absolutely amazing guest and I did accidentally make him wait a few months for this episode to come out. So thank you to him for being patient with me, but also thank you for being such a good guest. And if you want to hear more of Ben, make sure you are listening to the Melob Experience on Sundays. You are keeping an eye out on the URN News output, which he often takes part in. And finally, his podcast, Erngasm, a sex and relationships podcast that he does with Izzy and Cora. And if you've enjoyed listening to my voice, make sure you check out our Instagram, Off Air on URN, to stay up to date with all the episodes coming out soon.